the Open. I'm Brian. We got Don on the line. Creds out today. We're excited to be here with you. Let me tell you a little bit about our partners over at FTX. Go to weeklyopen.com slash FTX. You can check it out today. Swap directly from one asset to the other. Track your portfolio. You can even trade stocks now with FTX US and FTX International as well, I believe. Go to the FTX app to check everything out you need to do with your crypto portfolio. Do it all right there. Nice and easy on the mobile app. Thanks to them for being our partners. Let's get to the show. Don, how you doing? Good, good. I mean, it's been super, super hot in Germany last week. So uh, I've not been sleeping too well because unlike you Americans, we don't really have AC here. <laughs> oh, man. I was in Austria um, right at the same time Brexit happened, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy hot. I don't know what the Celsius element was, but like upper nineties Fahrenheit. And there was a, there was one of those remote ACs just in the bedroom. And we ran that sucker constantly. <laughs> it was like <laughs> yeah. draining the little water pitcher drainage thing from the condensation, like three times a day. Uh, we we're classic American week. Couldn't handle, couldn't handle the heat without the AC. But. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. It's just like I usually or we usually don't need it, but it's like for two or three weeks every year, it gets unbearably hot. And for those, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, I'm installing one uh, just because I don't want to deal with those two or three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what you got to do, right? <laughs> yeah, especially when it gets warmer and warmer. And I mean, that's happening. So, yeah. Careful, you're gonna make that. <laughs> As I was saying it, I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, Fred's not with us today. He's uh, doing lunges to keep his uh, legs finely tuned. Um, so we're gonna talk about the markets, just the two of us. We talked for a second, just a second before the show. We're both long, so therefore coping if we're gonna just go back to the lows here. Um, do you wanna give us kind of a rundown of where the market is right now? Yeah, I mean, we've closed above support for once, right? So support has held um, so far, anyway, down here. The problem I mean, is, and the, the thing that I've been saying for uh, the last week or so, is that there's a good chance that we're actually going to round out on top of the support, right? Uh, and given we're both long, revisiting 19K or something isn't really something that we, I think both of us would like. Um, but is what it is. Uh, I think that there's a good chance that we're rounding out here uh, on top of support and then maybe curl, start curling upwards uh, as long as the S&P and the NASDAQ and the traditional markets in general allow. But uh, so it's far, so good. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of ifs. It's always a lot of ifs right now. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I honestly think given, uh, and I've said this, I think the last time we talked as well, there's not that many levels below this that you can long, right? So I think there's going to be a bunch of people interested in 19K just based on the fact that there's so much distance to the next support. And then the next support is basically almost zero. So like we have three supports left. Uh, I think all three of those should be bid. Um, you know, if we go down. last night is that mm-hmm. BitBoy is expecting the bear market to end around 14K. So that is no longer any form of target for me <laughs> <laughs> either 6k or yeah or, or now bottom here yeah i mean i'm honestly i think there's 
there's a chance that this is the bottom or like that it's going to form the bottom. Um, I think it's much, much higher than people give it credit. Um, just based on like everyone's just looking at the macro. And I think at some point, I mean, with trading way, way lower than the macro has, right? I mean, Bitcoin's trading 75% down in comparison to S&P, which uh, from the high to the low went down 25%-ish. Um, so we've been hit much, much harder. And we could, like we've done before, bottom earlier, even if the S&P sets new lows. Um, so I'm like not too pessimistic, but obviously, I mean, the trend's down. Um, the the entire world is kind of in shambles right now. So there is good reason to be to be a little bit on the conservative side of things. Yeah. I guess my point with the BitBoy thing is not that he can't be right. He can certainly uh, be right. But he also, I don't know, he speaks out of both sides of his mouth in every video. I yeah. got stuck on the rabbit hole a little bit last night. Um, but the yeah the likelihood is most people will miss the bottom i guess because that's what makes that's what makes a bottom like if everybody just gets in it's probably not going to be the bottom yeah uh, so either either that won't be the bottom or by the time it gets there the narrative will have changed so drastically that it uh most people will continue to not be in you know yeah um, i think that that's what happens every time like if BitBoy says, says bottoms in at 14K, he's going to change his mind the moment we hit 14K, right? That's like <laughs> the problem with all with all of the, the bears basically during a bear market is that they keep on moving their bear targets down. Uh, a lot yeah. of people said they would buy all in 20K if they got it. And now we're there. Myself included. Yeah. And now I'm and scared. Like... I'm in, but I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in as well. And I'm not scared, but I'm like, this is obviously not too comfy chilling around here. But I think, honestly, this is probably a time where we're, we're in this kind of scenario where it's just like, even, even if it's bearish, I think we're in this where it's going to go sideways and then pop and then come back down again. I'd be very surprised if it just failed here. Um, I think something very, very bad would have to happen in traditional markets. And I don't necessarily think that's happening anytime soon, like not in the next month or two anyway. Uh, yeah. But I could be wrong that I'm more expert in the, in the traditional markets. I've heard a lot of people in, in the traditional market kind of commentary arena um, talking about like how there's not been capitulation and stuff. And while I understand what they're saying, you, you noted the S&P is down 25%, but the S&P is a basket of whatever's strongest, you know, and like the reweighting yeah. that occurs. There's enough sector differential there that um, something can kind of be left standing or hold up the index so that 25% is a substantial correction because within that you have some stuff that still like went up, you know, like energy stocks throughout that 25% that mostly went up a lot. Um, they've had some corrections recently. Maybe it's like last man to fall type stuff. But um, before that, it was, t you know, Apple and Amazon that held things up for a while. But where there has been capitulation in my mind is like the aggressive tech stock, tech mm -hmm. stock uh, type of world, whether whatever you, ones we want to point out that we've looked at before. But you can't you can't look at something like PayPal or basically anything tech. I'm just this is the one some of the ones in my in my immediate watch list and say like that's not capitulatory <laughs> you know it's like extremely capitulatory so retail absolutely capitulated um in my mind i think arc is probably actually better than any other example um 
I'm on a monthly time frame. You should be proud of me here, Don. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight months of just absolute down only activity in ARC with higher volume than the entire up move. That is capitulation. You know, like it went down 78%, 78% and ARC, the ARC ETF did. Um, and now it's in its second month of like wicking up to levels that go back five years. Um, that's very, that seems very capitulatory. It doesn't mean it has up only from here, but that is capitulatory activity from a trading perspective in my mind, like this week back here. And now it's spent a month and a half grinding. Um, this can continue to go down, but in my mind, that was very, very representative of what you would expect for some kind of like broader bottom across, um, across a market where that's where, that's where retail exists. Um, same thing, like the price has not shown it, but the, the price of like GME and AMC was less indicative of um, retail than the options themselves because of the way people were trying to manipulate these types of things. Um, like sideways is doom if you're buying nothing but crazy out of the money call options constantly. <laughs> um, so the people that were selling that volatility are the people that are winning now. And I think as you look across the spectrum, um, legacy markets got hit harder than I think a lot of those market participants are accounting for because they're they're willing to like transition in energy stocks and commodities and utilities and some of these things that held up whereas retail is not touching any of that stuff or they weren't maybe they are now like maybe they're now like dry, I'm gonna buy oil stocks yay <laughs> now they're gonna get wrecked in those um, but anyway what do you what do you think about that do you think the capitulation could could be visible in certain stocks while not seeing it in the index yeah i think so i mean we've seen very similar in in crypto right and we see that every single time where it's like the old coins go down 90 95 99 percent and then bitcoin like people wait for the bitcoin capitulation uh, at like 90 percent drawdown which like usually doesn't happen uh you have that like extreme kind of down moves you have those on on the old coins front and mm-hmm. I think we've had a, a lot of that, right? You look at Solana, for example, it's the same story, right? If you look at the monthly chart there and you had one, two, three uh, <laughs> months of red, then you had like a little bit of like sideways and two months of red. And um, it doesn't look too extreme if you have it on lock chart, but this is a non-lock chart and it went all the way down to 90%, right? Yeah, so people are like, look the- at all those people that are still in profit. But that markup from like $2 to $30 was mostly... Um, not retail yeah retail retail were your people who were pumping that from 30 to 200 yeah yes all of that like and um they got absolutely rinsed right and now that we're on on high time frame supports on for example solana or like even for bitcoin i consider like the weekly time frame here pretty damn good support um i think that's like you've seen like the capitulation from your coins into high time frame supports and you've seen bitcoin kind of reach a good price level i think to go sideways or to go up that's kind of my my thesis anyway like if this goes this goes either up or sideways uh, i'd be very surprised if it went down like that's my call for bitcoin uh, i think it's gonna go sideways uh, at worst and up uh, at best obviously um 
So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that ages. Unless like someone else goes bankrupt again, which we've seen so much of. I mean, yeah. it's crazy, right? Everyone, like the entire like, uh, what's it called? Is it like called CDFI? Is that like a thing? Yeah, CDFI. I, yeah. I think CZ or somebody like that coined it or popularized it. So yeah, the lenders are the ones that got really smoked. I mean, we've legitimately seen varying degrees of stories about every single one of them, um, you know, Celsius basically seems bankrupt. There's Goldman Sachs and others apparently circling the waters to buy up their assets that would have to be liquidated upon default. Um, there's news about an, the FTX bailout of uh, BlockFi customers basically, but it looks like maybe their equity holders will be wrecked. Um, there's a, uh, and, but they seem like kind of the strongest out of them. I think Voyager is wrecked, but has some kind of potential bailout. Um, I can't even remember which other ones. Are. Oh, Nexo. There was some crazy story speculatively. They put a cease and desist on the internet. I don't know if you saw that. Like it's just a general <laughs> no. on their blog. It was like, to whom it may concern, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so dumb. I, don't I mean, that's, that's the one way to make people not stop it, really. I know. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, that was based on like a Twitter thread where some, you know, it was kind of like a Zach XBT clone type of thread where they were pointing at all these various um, connections to say that they're affiliated with some Bulgarian scammers um, and probably have scammed their own customers. I don't know. I don't want to get uh, cease and desisted myself. Um just what was out there uh, so the, the, literally stories about every single one of them all the all the centralized lending platforms have various degrees of issues um i guess blockfi and genesis are basically the only ones that even look like they're in business genesis has the backing of all things barry so can take a, a heck of a lick over there and still survive blockfi um is solvent but as a company struggling um and so yeah it's just it's just crazy man like what do you what's kind of the next shoe to drop to top that and all of that by the way seemed to be contagion from 3ac largely because they borrowed from basically everybody um with the same collateral so the fight over the collateral was the big thing there like who actually had it and blockfi had a lot of it so that's why they were taking they still took a loss but they were able to uh, kind of survive as, you know, for the rest of their customers and whatnot, because it was over collateralized, but even the liquidation was apparently very difficult for them, according to the story. Um, and then Genesis survived because of Barry, but the other ones are like totally wrecked. Yeah. I mean, um, Voyager, what I've seen, and I mean, this is all like mostly rumors, but I mean, it seems to be confirmed somewhat. They just YOLO it right they just completely like just gave them so much money uncollateralized which is just kind of completely crazy i mean it's free ac right so they had a bunch of trust but there's a limit yeah <laughs> uh, the hindsight people are crazy like if you would have asked people would have said yes maybe they're uh maybe they're opportunistic as a hedge fund but people wouldn't have said they're committing mass fraud or anything or like cheating every lender or any like those things weren't known or else those people wouldn't have had loans out to them like they were obviously a well-known high uh high trader volume uh shop that was constantly moving things around and 
it, you know, you didn't see that the emperor had no clothes until the party went away and Tara put them in a spiral and then they put lenders in a spiral because that's who their counterparties were. Right. Like they were, they were essentially the, the holder um, of last resort inside Terra. And then uh, the, the lenders were all holding the bag when three AC couldn't hold up this like multi-leveraged uh, Ponzi basically, because they were, I mean, they were made offing it really like they were borrowing funds and longing with all with the same collateral with different people. And then they start, you know, we're using other people's funds. It just it gets nastier and nastier. So when that stuff comes to light, it obviously changes the story significantly, but that's where a lot of our contagion has come from. So like, what's the next leg of contagion, you know, like who, who is going to have to liquidate their assets because of what, whatever's next, the result of these, um, maybe some funds that were like overexposed to these, uh, to these lending platforms, like not from a, their capital, but like their equity or something, or they get redemptions or in their fund, maybe, maybe, but it seems like we experienced billions and billions of dollars worth already. Miners is Scott's point in the chat. So, um, the miners, I mean, that's a, a kind of reoccurring theme at every bottom, right? Where it's like, uh, minor death spiral, blah, blah, blah. And then Bitcoin bottoms every time, uh, when the miners start selling, um, or finish selling or they really do seem to be like closer to the bottom than the top <laughs> typically <laughs> every time they're like yeah. they, they i mean obviously right they buy into the into the kool-aid basically like bitcoin's going to infinity otherwise they wouldn't be in the mining business right because that's it's so easy to buy bitcoin uh like spot and be along for the ride but it's it's harder to buy equipment and to like kind of make the mining happen um, because if you're wrong and if you time it wrong, uh, you can't really escape too well, right? You bought all this equipment. It's not worth much less. Uh, you might not even be able to run it, right? With Bitcoin, like you buy it at 10K, it goes to 60K, it drops to 30. You can still like freak out and sell. sell. With miners, it's a little bit different. But what they do is like they just keep on holding the Bitcoin because, I mean, it's just going to go up. And then if it when it goes down, they realize well, we have a business to run, right? And we have to make money and um, we don't have any. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the majority of them are looking at yield year in, year out. It's a different business, you know? There's obviously yeah. speculation on timing when they're in or out, but if they have funds that they can dump to keep earning their baseline yield and not have to turn machines off, then I guess they'll do that. It's kind of amazing to me when they're not, hedging more at the top, but maybe they're doing both, right? Like maybe they're building their capital reserves and hedging and then they get to the bottom and they're like, all right, well, we hedged this out. We kind of locked in 60 K, but now we're going to dump these coins, <laughs> you know, in case we go, I don't know what their th thoughts are. Yeah. Um, but there's, I'm sure there's weak miners the same, same way there are weak funds and weak uh, businesses and, and some didn't handle it well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I was only talking about exactly those people, like the weak ones, yeah. because at the end of the day, like there's a bunch of big miners that have been around for a long, long time. They know how the game is played. And yeah. I mean, but then again, like with the free arrows capital thing, right? Um, apparently, like people can have been around for a while and still not yeah. really get how the game is played. And with free arrows capital, like you said, with with the Luna, with the Luna story, I think that was just a complete, complete blindside for them. 
um, looks like that anyway, where they were like completely oversized and then lost a shitload. And then the crypto, uh, the typical kind of crypto degen thing went on apparently, where they like tried to make it back. Um, make it all back in one trade. Oops. Yeah. And I mean, that is like the killer of, if you ever think, if you have like take a big loss and you ever think I need to make this back, take a fucking break, walk away, come back like a month or two later, because most of the time that's just going to cost you everything. And the moment you lose everything, there's no way to get back. Right. So for, yeah. for free arrows, Kevin, like if they lost 50% due to Luna, right, that's one thing, but they basically blew up and no one's going to work with them anymore. Um, I mean, they'll and, be lucky to stay out of prison. Exactly. So it's like the, the make it back mentality usually gets here. Yeah. Pretty disappointing. Um, all of that with the backstop of whatever the heck, you know, broad based economies and currencies are doing, we've been using the Dixie as kind of our metric. Um, I don't know if you've been looking at this, but on a weekly, maybe, yeah, monthly, it's the end of June. So, you know, this is the type of thing that could be, presenting some kind of potential monthly fake out. Um, but we definitely want to watch that in the next few days. There's not long for this to kind of get below, below 103. This would actually look quite bearish in my opinion on that monthly close. Mm -hmm. uh, but then on the, on the weekly, um, you know, a lot of people don't like any kind of divergence type stuff, but the, the Dixie and some of these currencies actually think they're the RSI or whatever kind of, um, volatility metric that you want to look at can be quite useful for showing momentum. Um, and you know, what we see here is that the momentum has slowed a good bit. Um, and this, this looks to me a lot like a, uh, bearish divergence that you could see additional downside. Um, especially if Europe gets serious about tightening and you, cause this is a pair trade, right? Like, you know, this is the dollar versus other, other currencies in the basket. And that's primarily Euro yen. Um, and a few others. Um, do you think that there's a potential that this sets in a much longer term or a medium term, at least top that then the dollar chops around? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it went up a lot. I think there's a good chance that it just kind of goes sideways in like a big range fashion. Uh, don't necessarily know if it's the top or not though. Like the, it's, it's going to be interesting because chart wise, it's been, actually pretty clean right um i still remember us <laughs> us talking about this like it's weeks and like it's actually months ago when we last talked about this uh like when when we talked about these kind of looking at that like if that if that is the bottom we're screwed and guess what <laughs> we were screwed <laughs> yep and uh, i mean it took a while it went all the way out it's been like following this trend line really well so like what what you can do i think uh, and i think what's going to happen is it's oops that was stupid uh how do you i i remember i never use trend lines but you can basically follow uh this trend line i think it's going to retest that at some point it's just a question of at what point right if it does it now um well, that would be a big drop. If it does it in a couple of months, uh, that's not a big drop anymore. But I think like that kind of range makes a lot of sense. Like get rejected here, come back down, it's maybe make a that, yeah, yeah, make a make a, a higher low there, and then come back up probably. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm more to like this looks like a strong trend. Doesn't really make much sense to be too bearish. 
which kind of sucks for crypto, right. obviously. But I mean, this has been trending as long as it doesn't like if it breaks the uh, breaks the trend line. I think maybe, uh, but until then, it's just like if anything is, I'm expecting a pullback, not much more. People are often talking about bottom being close to the um, election season and stuff. I, I'm not sure that this midterm, I mean, if it was a presidential election, that's one thing, this midterm election, Democrats are going to lose so badly. I feel like the outcome is certain, <laughs> you know, like, you look at anything and Republicans are going to absolutely destroy uh, Democrats and you're going to end up with a essentially lame duck president for two years who, um, you have a, a Democrat in office and then you have a legislative branch that's controlled by Republicans and it'll be a fight between legislation that'll get vetoed and have to be potentially overturned. And then, um, you know, executive order mayhem, because that's the only way things presidents have done for quite a while now, Republican or Democrat of any note. So I don't really think that the volatility is going to be with the midterms. Um, Dave in the chat says bottom with election 2024. I could actually believe that, like that, that there's resolution in markets in a couple of years, but you have like this massive, you know, rangy chop, nothing, nothing good uh, for the next couple of years. And anyway, yeah, I, I just don't think this per this upcoming election is the one that I would just point at and say like, Oh, you know, get past this and everything will be fine or get, you know, uh, or we'll, we'll, we're going to bottom during that because there's going to be so much volatility due to uncertainty. I think it's like certain <laughs> that the legislative map is pretty, pretty clear in my mind uh, in terms of what's going to happen this this fall. Yeah, I hate that it's it's all on the, the American's shoulder, but yeah, it kind of is. It's so whole markets, yeah, global markets kind of work that way. Maybe at some point it will change, but that would probably be bad for you, you Americans, if it changed. Well, if it changes, it's going to be because of bad news. It's not like there's some good news in Europe that's so strong that it's going to change that, right? Like, yep. but if there's really, really bad news, like with some leader in Europe doing something insane, um, then sure, uh, that could definitely affect it. Yeah, but in in terms of like what Bitcoin is doing right now, lower time frame. Um, this could be fine, right? If it's this typical kind of walk up where we do like high, low, high, low, high, low, high, low, which kind of looks shitty, uh, feels <laughs> shitty because everyone is like in this position and everyone's just kind of freaking out. Um, <laughs> and it's like when it walks up like this very, very slowly, like I wanted to see a walk up into 22K very, very slowly uh, so that you can actually get a pop. But what we've had instead, and I mean, I expected honestly, like us to break out here to the upside. Uh, didn't obviously take a leverage position because it's the weekend and I don't really do leverage much anymore. Um, but what we've gotten instead is um, traditional market weakness. We kind of dumped down on the low, low timeframes. And now a bunch of people are sitting there wondering, okay, um, we just took out these lows. There's like some equal lows down here and then we're all the way back to the previous lows. Uh, so like the market is really, really scared. I think like people are just like in their positions, but they're really worried about just going back and capitulating once more. And um, I'm not actually sure how this is going to play out, to be honest. 
I thought it was gonna go after we broke 21k um here so like at this low I was like this looks kind of shitty but I think like if we break 21k we could go up um quite easily and then we broke 21k and only went to 22 and didn't do anything with it which has me a little bit worried short term but I think it's mostly um, traditional markets and I think it's just mostly chop uh, sideways range to kind of absorb everything um but yeah if it, if this kind of breaks the lows again right the 17k lows because we can talk about the worst case what happens if this break it breaks support i think there's a quick road down towards 12 to 14k honestly um so that's like the worst case uh, worst worst case i don't think it's going to happen um but if we break the lows again i don't really see a good reason uh not to just reach deep and just kind of repeat this move again i think one of the things we we're able to identify when like the legacy open that happened this morning and you know bitcoin just goes down 500 dollars immediately it's because it's not liquid right now <laughs> you know yeah. that so much capital flight has occurred in in this market i've been really surprised by that just some conversations i've had and just also watching the market itself and lower time frames the the liquidity is not there you know like tvl and DeFi is representative but it's also in the order books um in, in cfi like market makers don't want to step in and provide like super tight deep stops to let, just let people unload on them um yeah. so when people come in with size it's going to impact the market in both directions and we're just seeing liquidity dissolve significantly if you look at liquidity in uniswap liquidity in curve um i was hearing something about convex like how much had left their uh, t total TVL of kind of yield earning assets, um, just like $10 billion or something exited that ecosystem. And most of that money just kind of went poof, <laughs> you know, or like exited outright. And it's, uh, it, it's going to mean volatile markets until people are willing to, to step in and, and build that up because they want to earn the yield or they want to earn the, the spread on that trade at a tighter basis, but they don't have to do that right now. They can, keep it wide. It can be very illiquid and people that come in and decide they have to do something are going to push the market around significantly. Mm -hmm. Very well said, actually. Uh, I mean, the liquidity side of things is rarely talked about, but it's really bad in comparison to how it has been. And I mean, this is kind of where you see how much damage has actually been done, right? When you actually have Tether redemptions and you have like all the, the stable coins kind of leaving the system even. Uh, and then you have, yeah, you have a bunch of just people just exiting, which to be, to be fair, could be like, that's just capitulation, right? People just leaving. Um, but it's also because yield is basically gone now. Um, so they're just like, okay, there's nothing for me to gain here. And the risk is quite high compared to what I thought it was. And that's the, the funny thing, right? We're going to be going back into that direction again. Give it a year or two of free, and you're going to see high yields in crypto again. And you're going to see Ponzi's that run it up again. And you're going to see it blow up again. And then people are going to be like, how the fuck did this happen? And everyone that's been around for a while is going to say, oh, I mean, we've gone through this before. It's not well, really something new. What's that meme, you know, like the rotating circles that get smaller and smaller um i feel like that's the trajectory of of scams and ponzi's oh, the roller coaster yeah like some got really big this time but 
theoretically, there should be more scrutiny on things as they get big in the future, as this, as the economy remembers, you know? Um, oh yeah, we've done this before. This is a Ponzi. Like it's something I, we got excited about. I, like, yeah, yeah. That right there. Yeah. yeah. Good. So old the, the size, yeah. The impact of your, of your Ponzi's should be smaller as people with more experience, more responsibility in the market identify, Hey, this thing's going to collapse and it doesn't have a chance to become like number five market cap or whatever Tara got like, that, that should not have happened to that degree. It's the type of thing that should have stopped out well before that. Um, and it was a sign of the froth in the market. So my, my hope is that the future Ponzi's just don't have the ability to get as big. I, I think they will. It's just crypto thing. I, to be honest, like the, the thing is with Luna, right? And we talked about Luna before it blew up on this show. Uh, Craig and I discussed it at length, uh, in our show and we all said like this isn't going to end nicely right we all said it but no one really wanted to talk about it openly too much because you got completely shit on by the luna people right i mean even do kwon like i in one of my streams i was like okay this i want to say more but i could see do kwon actually just like go at me on twitter and i really don't want that drama because yeah yeah we talked about Luna itself, I mean, we were talking about like five or nine dollars or something like that being cheap. Now it looks extremely expensive because <laughs> it went to zero. <laughs> yep. But I mean, even that was it felt bold, if you will. You know, the same thing as Solana at 25 uh, or 25 to 50. And that's exactly now where Solana's ranging. And if when you say those things and and it looks like it's a long way away still, people get mad. Um What's funny is then once something gets there, if it's not a complete Ponzi, like Solana, now you say the opposite. It's like, eh, it might be done dumping for a while. And they're like, ah, oh, it's going to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I never got as much shit for a call that immediately went my way as I've done for Solana. Like I got so much shit. Yeah. It's like, it's done. So like it's, it went down 90% and I bought it at the last possible support before basically yeah. zero. I mean, the break off uh, that cliff, like we basically translated real time on the show and people got mad at us. Yeah. It's kind of, it's wild. It's just how the markets work. Uh, and then I see a bunch of people like calling for the big shorts now, right? Like, oh, everything's pumped like a little bit. Now we can short. And it's like this thing is barely up anything. It's retraced one week of dumping. That's how like that's how far this is up. There's one Have week you here. A soul phone yet? Come again? Have you pre-ordered a soul phone yet? <laughs> I actually haven't. I need to. Um, <laughs> just for just for the laughs, I want to have one, but I don't actually you... know what it does. I, I I think it's just like. Well, it's a Android phone that was uh, pretty hyped. So from a hardware perspective, this this phone was really hyped and Solana is now going to be essentially doing the operating system for it. So they kind of, I don't know, I want to say hijacked, but they formed a partnership for utilizing this hardware and then it'll have kind of a Solana mobile ecosystem. So the operating system, the applications, a lot of crypto native stuff to run on it, which I actually think most people were mocking it and stuff. I actually think it's really interesting. Um, Anatoly mentioned on Twitter that the phone from a people perspective, they have like 80 engineers or something working on this. Their other route in terms of how to make this blockchain marketable or whatever was they were looking at, had to look at like corporate blockchain type of stuff. Like, ugh, 
Um, but that was going to require like 800 people to work on or something insane, essentially become a services company. Um, and I, I think this is a much grander, more interesting vision. Um, and, and you need these things you need like right now, Apple, maybe Google, like they, they don't really like web three stuff as much as they want to say it. Like they want their controlled ecosystems. They are the Kings of the castle at the moment. So you have to have hardware with native software solutions that are going to challenge that and be better in some capacity. And I think it's actually a pretty noble effort. So I'm really excited to see what they what they do. And I think if they can pull that off, that's a big if, they could totally fail, um, then that's a real game changer. And you might as well make those bets because otherwise you're going to be doing corporate blockchain buzzword type stuff. And it's not going to... Cr- probably not going to create a lot of inherent value for yourself. I like it. Yeah. I definitely want to use it anyway. Just uh, have it, look at it, see see how the new gen kind of looks. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that based on having Solana bags. <laughs> More so than anything else. But um, yeah, I mean, in general, what we've been seeing in crypto is a whole lot of not that much, right? In the last couple of years. I mean, We've all been like in the space for a while now, and we've all been kind of like, okay, this is the future, but when is it actually going to have an impact? And then when people actually try to, by doing something new or novel, um, we shit on them because that's just kind of what we do that's as we a crypto do. community. Yeah. Yeah. We, we mock absolutely everything until it's proven to work, and then we praise them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like... Either we do that, or it's like we be we kind of praise the most blatant, obvious Ponzi's in this space. It's like <laughs> it's either or, right? You either hate everything, or you kind of promote the biggest scams, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of like it's really sad because there's a lot of promise in blockchain. Obviously, otherwise it wouldn't have attracted one as many people and two as great minds because there are really, really smart people working on this stuff. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's all I'm not priced for everyone, including myself, really. But yeah, I'm not sure if like Solana's the platform that I wish was doing this or whatever. It doesn't matter. But like crypto native solutions makes sense to me, and I think that crypto needs to be a mobile first thing. You look at, I mean, just it's commonplace. People talk about it all the time. But how much of Asia pays with, you know, Web two mobile apps? Um, and uses those as their native payment systems and stuff. You bring those things to crypto and you bring privacy, uh, especially to those things and, um, and custody and control. Those are important concepts that need to be on phones and need to be available to people. And there's some interesting battle lines that could be drawn there long-term. Now, one of the ways to, to smell test the critiques of something is let's imagine this was all Ethereum and this was like ZK syncs for some like big layer two effort of Ethereum maxis. They'd be praising it. Like they would be saying yes. how big of a deal it is. And that's why you know that the critiques by Ethereum people or whoever are purely cope. It's like purely this is not my team doing it. Therefore, I will be mad. And I'm trying to think outside of that spectrum because would I rather see it on Ethereum and ZK Sync in a different security model, different platforms? Sure, but it's not it's not what we see. Um, and and I'm I'm I think it's a valiant effort by 
Solana to do so, and I, I, I'm cheering for them. Yeah. I mean, how, how could you not, right? They're working on something, whether it works or not, it's going to push the space forward, right? People are going to actually think about, okay, is this something we should be doing? Is it not? Like, just trying stuff out is very valuable, I think, especially if it's actually an honest effort, which I think it is. So, yeah, people are just hating for no reason. And I mean, with regards to, like, the ETH people, I'd be coping too, right? If I'd be like, <laughs> a, look at this chart. Like if I was a long-term holder of ETH and something like Solana comes around that has a lot of money behind it as well. Um, and you see like charts like this, where during the bull market, even though ETH outperformed, Solana just outperformed massively um, and keeps on doing so. I'd be worried too, right? There's a good reason why these people um, yeah, attack other things because they're afraid that yeah, their child will die basically, which yeah, what if Ethereum is Mozilla and Solana is Chrome, you know? Um, that's not a comfy thing. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think everything's up for grabs in crypto still, right? It's not like we've already consolidated towards like, okay, this is the best project, this is the worst, blah, blah, blah. No, this is like all unproven, all just kind of like work in progress and a lot can change, right? I'm not... I'm not really a big fan of the altcoin space in general, but I don't think it's as like full, like foolproof to just kind of buy ETH, buy like the biggest ones, because I think there's a good chance that like in two, three, four, five years, there's going to be another big guy in town, whether that's something else that's already around or whether that's something that's still coming out. I don't necessarily believe that there cannot be any like upset in that regard. Um, yeah, and yeah, this. Yada in the chat says there's no moat in any level one or layer one. And I actually completely disagree with that. I think the moat is the developer ecosystem and the coding environments. And the EVM is a huge moat because the only layer ones other than Solana pretty much um, have only been able to gain traction when they're also EVM. So EVM is the moat. The developer ecosystem is the moat. The ability to build apps on EVM is the moat. Um, the challenge with layer twos that are not EVM fully EVM compatible is they don't they don't inherit that mode. Um, Solana is probably the only layer one that's had any escape velocity from a developer ecosystem perspective, and therefore it is building its own mode of sorts. And like you can have a multi multi um, you know operating system coding environment, whatever you want to say, like environment that that's fine. And I think Solana's etching out their place in that, and I think that's where the mode is. And um, and you can see between them the battles that can occur for for the developers, for the people that are going to come build on your platform. And so I completely disagree that there's no moat on layer ones. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just in general just trading everything. The fundamental side of things, I'm not smart enough for. I just like I see support, I buy, <laughs> I see resistance, I sell. Uh, are you, and then sometimes are you selling this like Solana to ETH kind of pair trade? I, I think like so I, I'm more bullish Solana than I'm ETH. Uh, and I think that's going to continue uh, for the next year. I think Solana is going to outperform. Like, it, whether it be like, I, I honestly think Solana long, uh, ETH short to kind of hedge it all out uh, is going to make you like money regardless like if we go down if we go up uh if we go sideways there's a good chance i think solana's gonna outperform me so you, and you would buy that dip on solely if it occurred if it you know came yes. back and retested. gotcha yeah um cool. i i think in general like it's the better upside bet 
obviously like if, if everything goes down it's probably gonna dump a little bit more but if you're at least somewhat crypto bull um around like 20 to 14k i think even if it dips a little bit more on, on that move to 14k i think it's gonna recover that instantly again um and i mean just yeah just look at this chart it's not necessarily the the reversal but it's a pretty nice impulse off of the bottom so far and i think there's a good like if this dips on on sold btc i'd actually don't mind uh buying the dip on it um these kind of like big reversals um you kind of give it on one shot but i'm in from from lower so i'm i'm not going to be buying yeah, more or anything buying like that that relative level personally but i, I would yeah. be interested in buying that dip if it occurred for sure yes cool well let's leave it there this is fun uh there's another mm -hmm. thing we didn't talk about the 200 week moving averages we're just below them haven't fully retested them but uh, yeah. using it as a resistance huh? <laughs> yeah yeah it's not well we haven't really tapped it i just think we're inevitably going to tap them at a bare minimum um east right on it well shoot i might yeah. as well talk about it for a second yes. uh bitcoin's a little below it um and then eth is like literally right on it and um um, my personal take is that Bitcoin's going to fully get back to that. Like it will retest probably 23K if we're going to have this significant down. Um, at some point during the week, I think you got to wick something. So I think we're getting that early in the week. Then that allows you to have potential for upside. So I would not be surprised if sometime this week we hit kind of this 22 and a half territory. It uh, doesn't take much strength in legacy markets to make that happen. And then that would be interesting on ETH from a reclaim perspective. It would be interesting on ETH BTC to have a deeper bearish retest because I think it can go all the way to like 0 0.06, 0 0.065, uh, maybe even 0 0.067 um, as a bearish retest. But I still think the primary strength is probably going to be in, in majors and outliers, uh, which we've already talked about some. But that's my two cents. Sorry, I didn't go. I didn't give us too much there, Don. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and cut the show unless you got any last words. No, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Thanks to everybody for being here. Appreciate you very much. Please go to uh, weeklyopen.com/slash/ftx trade there. DCA in or out. Whatever you need to do, you can do it on the FTX app. Mobile friendly, super easy. Back your portfolio while you're at it. Zero trading fees. Thanks to them for being our partners. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye.